Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and sitting to the right and left of me is River Brown and John Carlos Barra and we are your hosts. On this episode, we will be interviewing nine-time New York Times bestselling author Jeff Perlman. His new book titled Three Ring Circus, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the Crazy Years of the Laker Dynasty comes out September 22nd, which is tomorrow, and it's our pleasure to have him on the show. So to start off the show, I was doing some research on your book and you talk a lot about kind of uh, Kobe's other side that a lot of us younger people didn't get to see. So I'm just curious to know how was Kobe during that time? I have to ask a question first. How old are you? I'm 21. 22. Yeah. 22. How are you a Knicks fan? (laughs) What have they given you in your lifetime to make you a Knicks fan? Uh, Rebuilding a lot in 2K. (laughs) <laughs> and two good years, sem- two somewhat good years of Mello and Stoudemire. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let me just say before we start, there was a there was a minute before they made that Carmelo trade mm-hmm. when they were really exciting, when they had like Gallinari and Wilson Chandler and oh, Ray Felton yeah, was a point guard. Yeah. They were a better team. They were going to be like a six seed. They weren't like, but they were more exciting to watch at that moment than in all the years with Carmelo. Are you talking about the, like, the team that had Stoudemire, Felton? Or are you talking about the team oh, when they made the eighth seed? When they made, I'm trying to think. They made the trade for, they made the deal for Carmelo. Mm-hmm. Wait, was Stoudemire there already when they I got Carmelo? I think he was there before yeah, Melo got there. They made the eighth seed and then they okay. lost in four. Right. So they were like, they were really exciting. Like they weren't great, but they were fun. You know, they reminded me of a lot of Nets teams. The Nets had like, I remember like when the Nets had like Van Horn. And Kerry Kittles and, and uh, Kenyon Martin, they were like running a lot. Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jason Kidd. And then they get freaking, and Ray Felton was a pretty good point guard. And, and they got they're Vince just Carter. Standing around watching Carmelo dribble. Sorry, but <laughs> no offense. I mean, oh, aren't, you, aren't you a Jets fan, though? So it's kind of like the same dynamic. Yeah, literally. Yeah, but I'm not wearing a Jets shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, me and my friend here, John Carlos, we're both Jets fans, too. Yeah. Uh, well, let, me, let me just say something. This is important. I grew up in Mayo Pack, New York, which is about an hour north. Where are you guys located? Uh, New- Hackensack, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. And I have a friend I grew up with who's a diehard Jets fan, okay? Yikes. And I grew up a diehard Jets fan. And he swears Sam Darnold is going to be better than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not... something you would say. <laughs> There's no argument say. to be made right now for that. Is there any argument to be made? That's, that's an argument I would have made in their rookie year. But now I think it's over. Clear cut. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are going to be the two best quarterbacks out of that class. Mm. I, it's pretty I, obvious. Dar- yeah. Wait, so Josh Rosen will be the worst, and then it's between Darnold and Baker to see. Yeah, yeah pretty much. But what, what do you think about Darnold right now? You know, the funny thing is, I did a story on him when he was at uh, USC, and I was working for Bleacher Report. Mm-hmm. He's a really nice guy. He's oh. not super exciting, but he's a nice guy. He comes from really cool parents and blah, blah, blah. He was not that great at USC. That's what people forget. He had like a lot, some of those guys, like a lot of tools, but like some poor decision making. When you're basically learning all that in the NFL, I mean, you have to remember, he'd basically be a rookie by age now anyway. Like, you know, if, if he played more years of college, I see him and I just see a pretty, he's surrounded by crap, obviously. They have nothing to do. And that's yeah. unfair. But the judge, he has nothing, but he looks like a pretty ordinary NFL quarterback. <laughs> I think so too. Like when I when I see Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville, with what he's surrounded with, it, you know, to be fair, he's surrounded with a little bit better weapons than Sam Donald, but he's playing terrific. He doesn't make mistakes. Donald, to me, 
from his rookie year when he threw four interceptions versus Miami, I thought that that was it. I didn't need to see no wow. more. He he was like I, I was FaceTiming my friend and I was like, I think this isn't the guy. Mm. It, it really they have isn't a the guy. terrible coach right now. Adam yeah. Gase is the worst coach in the league. I've never seen anything like this. I, I, I'm what? trying to tell them. <laughs> it's like you're running draws on third and long. Like what is this? 1982. It's insane. They but they have no wide receivers to speak of. All the Crowder is okay, but like they are an empty vessel of a team. It's nothing. Even they might go one in fifteen this year. You think one in fifteen? Damn. They're terrible. Who's that one win going to come against? <laughs> I'm, I'm the curious. Dolphins. Think so. Dolphins. The Dolphins are better than us. I think you can beat them though. Dolphins are better. You might just Definitely go. Better. I only say one in fifteen because every now and then you get lucky in the NFL. You know that's like, true. You know what I was? Uh, what I think? I think to this year it's gonna, what's going to happen is what happens every year. We're going to suck the whole year and then rally off like three, four wins. And we're like, oh, Darnold looks terrific. His last four games of the season, he had like, he was like the fifth best rated quarterback in the NFL. We're not going to have the ability to draft Lawrence. And then we're going to be stuck with Darnold for like another three years. And even worse, what happens in those situations is they're like, you know, the coach really did a really good job at the end of the year. We're going to keep him for another season. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> He's oh. not even likable. Like, he's not even likable. It would be one thing if you were like Rex Ryan or Herm Edwards and you kind of liked him. He's not even likable. He's just hate his face. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I hate his face. I can't can't stand him, bro. He seems not like a nice guy. Because the players don't seem like they want to play for him. He just throws his players under the bus. Jamal Adams didn't want to play for him. Uh, I don't blame him. I genuinely feel bad for you guys. He's been throwing Le'Veon Bell under the bus since he's gotten there. He was never a fan of that either. So who's the best Jets quarterback you've ever seen? See, that's what's sad. Don't say Mark. He's going to say Mark Sanchez. He's going to say Chad Pennington. Vinny Testaverde. No, I wrote. Um, so I wrote Brett Favre's biography a bunch of years ago, mm-hmm. and Packer. No, I'm not going to say it's Brett Favre. But I was going to say mm-hmm. like Packer fans. Whenever you hear them complain, I'm like, listen, man. In your lifetime, you've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, not to mention Bart Starr historically, and this guy Lynn Dickey, four excellent Pro Bowl quarterbacks. The best. I was. I'm after Joe Namath. The best quarterback of my lifetime was a guy named Ken O'Brien. And Ken O'Brien, they drafted ahead of Dan Marino in 83. Like, Ken O'Brien is probably the best Jet quarterback. Maybe Pennington, those two guys. That's pathetic. It's so pathetic. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. So uh, you you are known as a legendary interview guy. Uh, Your Walter Payne book, I think you did about 700 interviews. So I just wanted to ask you a question on how hard was it to get over the hurdle of being denied interviews when you first started oh i still get denied it's not like everyone interviews a lot of people the thing is like you just got to be in journalism you have to be resilient and someone says no you just go all right next okay next okay next or you keep at it like uh for this book one of the guys i interviewed there's a guy do you guys remember jr Ryder? do you know jr Ryder? i've heard of him sounds familiar from minnesota yeah and he was a slam dunk champion Mm -hmm. he played with kg yeah uh garnett he did briefly. He was more yeah. of like Leitner. Anyway, but yeah. yeah, he was there. If you if you YouTube him, he's, he has some crazy dunks. He yeah, he was really pass. good. Played at UNLV, but he was a Laker. And all I had was a all I had was an address for him, not a phone number. And he lived in Arizona, so I drove to Arizona and just knocked on his door. And uh, he was not happy to see me, but he gave <laughs> me an interview. So yeah. like, you just got to keep going at it and keep going at it. And if people say no, you just become steel and go for the next person. So it gets easier as you get older. How many interviews did you do for this book? I think I did about 300. The thing is, uh, NBA rosters are so much smaller than, you know, NFL, you're dealing with 100 guys a season here. At most, you have 20 in a roster in the course of a year. But, yeah, about 300. 
Wow, 300. That's crazy. I couldn't do 300. That's, that's too many people. You know what? That's wrong, though. You could. The thing is, like, they basically give you two years to write a book. And they oh, say, like, okay. all right. I'm like, I'm going to do this book about the Lakers. And it's Shaq, it's Kobe, it's Phil, it's that era. And it's been written about a ton. So you have to find ways to find information that has been written about before. So what are the ways you do that? Number one, you call people who aren't normally called. It's mm-hmm. so like, obviously, you want to talk to Shaq, you want to talk to Phil, Kobe's live, you want to talk to Kobe. But like, what about the ball boys? What about the guys who were cut in training camp? What about the guys, the 12th men on the bench? What about the guys who were traded? What about the Laker girls? What about front office executives? What about the guy who cleaned the water fountains in the stadium? You know, like, you just find all those people. And it becomes this kind of fun, interesting chase to track down new information. Yeah, so I obviously, and we haven't, we didn't grow up in that time, so we know very little about what happened in that time other than, what the media says about the things you guys have that face, like you guys you know. Even know. I little. studied. I, yeah, I, I studied. you guys study. Okay, for Kobe. You so what do you? Little. So what do you know about it then? What do I know? Like the teams they like. What do you want? What are you specifically asking me? I'm talking about like the behind the scenes stuff and the the kind of the beef that that was going on between Shaq and Kobe. I mean, the the biggest thing I can understand from uh, Kobe and Shaq, they had a sit down not too long ago before he passed away, and I. Shaq's only issue, I mean, Kobe's only issue with Shaq was that Shaq didn't really work hard. He would come to training camp overweight, and he would just use the last two weeks of the season to get ready for the regular season. Mind you, Kobe Bryant was always in the offseason working hard in the summer, working on his game, working at the first one in the gym, last one out. So I know that the the basis of their beef was because Kobe Bryant was a hard worker and Shaq wasn't. And if you, like, watch the sit-down with them, a lot of the times they felt like they could have won more championships if Shaq had a heart, like was a harder worker. So that actually leads to my question, but I know you wanted to say something. Yeah. Okay. Um, cause you talk about how Shaq was lazy. So I got a question for you. Cause you, you grew up in that time more than us. So you were alive to see all yep. of that. So me and JC, we go back on this a lot. We talk about Shaq, Hakeem, Kareem, Elijah Wan, and all that. Who's where do you, where would you rank? Shaq all time, like on the all time big man list, because I have him behind Hakeem Elijah. Me too. I think Hakeem. Where Elijah would you put than... him if you had to start from Orlando to the end of his career? Where would you rank Shaq? All right, so of the big man I saw, I can't say like Will Chamberlain and Bill. Yeah, Russell. yeah, no, the, the big yeah. man you've seen. I think I would go Elijah first. Mm-hmm. He was Elijah was ridiculous. He was like <laughs> center <laughs> size, small forwards moves. He was preposterous. Shaq, a close second. Then you got, like, David Robinson, Admiral. Ewing, um, Ewing. Uh, yeah. Morning, Matumbo. It's pretty good era. You know what's funny, though? It's the era of the big man. Like, yeah, like, those guys right now, they wouldn't fit in the NBA. Like, Shaq, the idea of taking a 330-pound guy, plopping him down in the paint, <laughs> hand up, calling for the ball, it doesn't really exist now. Yeah. Big men are moving. You know, it's like Joe Allen and B. They're moving around. They're doing things. And um, it might work, but it'd be really different. Um, the one thing I want to say, though, is uh, I actually disagree. Right. You guys, maybe you could appreciate this because this is one thing I, I disagree with. Everyone's like, Kobe worked hard. Shaq was lazy. Mm-hmm. Shaq wasn't lazy, right? There's a difference between he wasn't lazy. Like, Kobe was an insane worker. Yeah. All he did was work, 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 work. Like, he worked okay. his ass off. He deserved what he got because he was the hardest worker anyone's ever heard of. What Shaq did is he would play these seasons. So he was – they were double-teaming Shaq all the time. So he was getting the shit kicked out of him by, like, big guys who were just beating the crap out of him yeah. every night. And when the season would be over, Shaq owned a mansion in Orlando. And he would go to Orlando, and he would float in his pool, 
and you'd have a cheeseburger <laughs> and you'd have a cigar and you'd have women and you'd have drink and he would kick back and relax, right? That's not lazy. That's being 27 year old, 27, an NBA star and enjoying your life. Yeah. And I think sure. like you shouldn't have to work 365 days a year. Like Kobe was just the extreme and he deserves credit for that. Mm. But Shaq wasn't lazy. He yeah. was doing what you're supposed to. Like MVP I've series. covered sports for a long time. And what a, lot, what, a lot, what a lot of athletes do, and it's a huge mistake, is they'll be in the moment and they'll win a championship. And the interviewer will say, so when is this all going to sink in? When are you going to be able to enjoy this? And they'll say, you know what? I'll enjoy it when I'm retired and I'm able to look back. But it doesn't really work that way because a lot of times when you're retired, the memories are long ago or you have new problems or you have new issues. It's not that easy to be like, oh, I remember 20 years ago when I was – like it doesn't work that way. You need to enjoy the moment. And I think Shaq – like Kobe had a better career than Shaq. But I would have rather been Shaq because I feel like he enjoyed the moment, if that makes sense. What I could gain from that is Shaq was more of the person that enjoyed living in the moment, and Kobe was constantly worried about his legacy. Yes. Yep. Yes. But think about it for a second. Like, one day, like, it's a little, the whole idea of legacy, I mean, you get this. I'm 48. I'm more than double your guys' age. Like, as you get older, legacy actually doesn't matter as much to you. Like when you're younger, you're always like legacy, legacy, my legacy, my legacy. But you know what? No one, all of us had grandparents and great, great, great grandparents. We don't remember any of them. Right. You know why? Because <laughs> they were dead a long time ago. Like <laughs> generally your legacy does not carry like legacy. Like you only do this one time. You get to be alive one time. You get to be an NBA superstar one time in your life. And the people who criticize Shaquille O'Neal for enjoying it and embracing it, and being a star, you know, he was a rapper, not a very good one, but he was a rapper. He was horrible. He, was, <laughs> he made a song with yeah, he was, You know, he did a song. He did one song with Fife from uh, Tribe Called Quest. It was actually okay, but he wasn't great. <laughs> but he enjoyed it, man. He put out albums and he was like doing movies and it was this great time for him. And he'll never be able to look back. He's not a guy who's going to look back and think, man, I wish I enjoyed it more when I was 27. That's true. Like he lived it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Shaq could definitely deny that. He lives life. So Kobe, I know Kobe made a song. Shaq rapped. KD what do you think? Too. What do you think about Dame Miller's rap skills? <laughs> okay, it's interesting. Did you guys follow the back and forth between Shaq and Dame? I definitely yeah. did. <laughs> I felt like it was a rapper from my generation going against a modern rapper. It, it almost felt like if like you brought Tupac back and he was going to battle Drake, and it would be like these two contrasting styles. <laughs> Except neither, Sha- obviously, no, neither Shaq nor Damian Lillard are world-class rappers. I thought Shaq wasn't very good. <laughs> he just wasn't. It was kind of funny. He was kind of him. It's cool that he did. He's almost, I think he's 50 years old. But, like, he wasn't that good. And I thought Lillard kind of won. But I didn't think he was that good either. I don't know. Did you? I thought Damian Lillard was a better rapper than him. I just thought Shaq was funnier. Yeah, Dame's all right. Dame's he's, a, he's okay. He's not he's the not best bad. rapper, but he's okay. he's okay. When it comes to athletes, it's extremely hard for me to take their music seriously. <laughs> if you guys do one thing in your life, here's what I need you to do. You have a pencil in your hand, right? Yeah. Yeah, he does. There's a song called Get Metsmerized. There was a rap song by the 1986 New York Mets. Yeah. They made a the song? Would, what? They made a song? They made a song called Get Metsmerized. Your life will forever be changed by listening to the song Get Mets Rise. It is the worst piece of music of all time. <laughs> it's done by the 86 Mets. It's the best thing ever. And the Mets suck. To this Literally. Day. But they were good in 86. They were. They won the World that, Series in that's, 86. That's the, the last time they won a championship was in the 80s, right? Yeah, 86. 86. So they, they made a rap. song. They won. And, and then they ever since then, they've been garbage. Yeah, they shouldn't do music anymore. 
When I think about the Lakers from back then, I think that they were very fortunate that they didn't play in this era. Because I feel like with social media now, there was no way that they would have been able to they would have been able to go from 1996 to 2004. I think Kobe or Shaq would have been traded way before they won three championships. I kind of think Shaq is made for social media. You know, like he's oh, engaging yeah. and it's kind of funny. So. I think Kobe's head would have exploded after a while. I just think like it would he was really intense. Like really, 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 really intense and really I don't know if you guys know people like this. So this was Kobe. This is the best way I can explain Kobe Ryan. And I have a lot of respect for Kobe Ryan. I thought his career, his death obviously was a horrible tragedy. So this is not this is a period of his life. But um he came along. So there used to be a magazine. I don't know if you guys know Slam magazine. Do you know oh, Slam? Yeah. Okay. Slam used to be huge. And when I moved to New York in the late nineties, my roommate was the editor of Slam magazine. And we used to so we we shared an apartment together. His name was Russ Banks at Slam Magazine. And Slam was really the merging of hip-hop and hoops. So it was a lot of, like, tattoos and cornrows and Iverson with his hair blown out, Stefan Marbury. Mm. It was very, very kind of raw and, like, guys who grew up in tough environments and they were making it. And it was this great thing. And they were combined that with, like, Nas and Biggie and Tupac. And it was great. And every now and then they they would put Kobe on the cover. But it never felt authentic. Like Kobe never felt authentic in that world. He was basically a kid who was raised in Italy with money, with a famous dad, then moved to the suburbs of Philly where there was money with a famous dad. He grew up in an environment where he was one of the few African-American kids, first in Italy, then in America in the suburbs. And it always felt like to a certain degree, he wanted to be that kind of Iverson type guy, you know, fuck off and blah, 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 like that kind of that rawness. Hmm. But he didn't have it. He didn't have an edge. He didn't have a street edge to him. But he tried acting like he did. So, like, he would, he would get in fights. He got in a fight with a Nick guard named Chris Childs. He and got like, two pieces. He got beat up. Yeah. He at the end pieces. of the fight. <laughs> yeah. He got into a fight with Reggie got, Miller, too. What? Everybody, everybody got into a fight with Reggie Miller. He fought Reggie yeah, Miller. he did get in a fight with Reggie Miller. But he also got in a fight. He got in a fight with a teammate named Samaki Walker. You get in these fights. And, like, <laughs> but it wasn't really real. He wasn't, he was brutal as a basketball player. He was, as, he was cutthroat and killer. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't a tough guy like he wasn't a guy who was street hardened and raised Mm -hmm. he just didn't have that but he tried putting it off and it never came off as as authentic i always thought that was an interesting part of kobe bryant he lacked a little bit of authenticity when it came to that regard and i think that's something that you can obviously you can criticize him for but for me i look at it as in a way that it's kind of amazing that he built this type of edge to him because usually people that come from privileged backgrounds, they don't have that edge to them. Like it, it's harder for them to have a better work ethic than those people who come from, you know, poorer backgrounds. I think that that's comes, a great point. I think that comes more from the blueprint he stole it from, though. That's a good point too. Mm-hmm. I would not disagree with that. He, he, he stole, wanted to be Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah that, it did. was easy. Yeah, really wanted to, to be follow. Like so once you follow that like blueprint, him. it's just like this is the goal. I have a question funny, for you. I just want to say the funny after, thing about yeah. him and Jordan. Like he comes into the league, he's not just like trying to be Jordan. He's literally imitating the mannerisms, everything, the shots, the dress, the, the, the walk, the cadence of his words. He was, it was laughable almost, except it's kind of amazing that a kid sets out to be Michael Jordan and almost becomes Michael Jordan. That's true. Yeah, that was weird. He almost did. Yeah. He almost, got he almost did. He almost did. No one's come closer. Could have went seven. For I seven. can just imagine those Ooh. snippets on social media of him doing those interviews, saying "I'm going to be Jordan," and just the <laughs> the, the ratio of likes to Word. comments yeah. and replies. <laughs> oh, like. this guy is crazy. He'll never do it. <laughs> that, uh... Oh, what's your question, JC? Um, so 
So I have a question uh, regarding the Lakers when they were with Kobe and Shaq. Um, when they won under three P, do you think the teams that they beat were really that good? No, not right? compared to so, great teams. They, they, they weren't. They weren't. Are you talking about just in the West? They weren't that good, or in the finals? No, you're oh, talking in the about finals, finals, finals. The finals teams. No, the East was pretty weak at that point. Indiana was solid. Indiana was pretty good. Indiana had a legit center. This guy Rick Smith. They had Reggie Miller, who's obviously a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. They had Chris Mullen, who was a good player. Um, then they beat Philly. Iverson was amazing, but the team was. It was bad. just AI. I don't I think, think they had enough offense to really go. Not. And then New Jersey was just really Jason Kidd. New Jersey was. I think. The, the I think their finals. Oh my god, New Jersey was terrible. We got swept. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I think their bad. their finals was more about playing the Spurs or the Kings. Mm-hmm. The, the the play like series before that would be their so the, finals. So my, I guess my question is: Does that make their three peat overrated? No, because what they went okay, through. Okay, because I've heard some people say that they, they tell me that that's no. the most overrated three peat in sports. I just wanted no, to No, because the think. West was freaking loaded. You had to, if you look Spurs. back, Utah with Stockton and Malone, Sacramento with Weber and Bibby, um, San Antonio with Duncan, Manu, you know, a young Tony Parker. Yep. The West was just stacked, but the East was junk. East was junk. <laughs> comparatively, comparatively. You know, that, that Sacramento Kings team reminds me of the 2018 Houston Rockets team. Oh, my God, oh, yeah. bro. <laughs> They're I don't disagree that, actually. My favorite player is James Harden, by the way. Like, he's my favorite player. I think they, they... – You know what? James Harden would be the perfect Nick. He would. <laughs> James Harden would be the perfect – You should get James Harden on the Nick. That way, he could shoot love that. 100 times a game. He could shoot 100 times a game – Average seventy points a game, and the Knicks will win twelve games a season. <laughs> he, would he is probably, a Nick. He would probably take like a hundred. I shots. think James Harden. Look, I would be happy if he takes us to the eighth seed every year, <laughs> as long as we're competitive. I'd be happy. It is amazing how bad your team is. It is unbelievable. Like when I was coming up, <laughs> the Knicks with Ewing, like Ewing was great, and they were freaking badasses. And then Pat Riley was a coach, and they just beat the crap out of everyone. It is unbelievable. You have the worst owner. You're actually. This is my criticism of the Knicks more than anything. You're giving money. To the worst human being on the planet, not named Donald Trump, and that is James Dolan. Wow, he's just the worst. <laughs> who's your the Who's your favorite team? Who's my favorite team? Yeah, when I was growing up, I was a big Nets fan. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. You know, so, so, you're, so you're a Nets fan. I don't know how I feel about Kyrie. How do we feel about Kyrie? I now? love Kyrie. He just needs to stay healthy and not ruin a team like not ruin. Team. But I think he's he's Kyrie? he's thrived as a secondary option. He's not. He we 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 have enough of a sample size to know he's not going to ever be the man. But playing behind Kevin Durant, I think he can do a pretty good job. Do you like Steve Nash as hire? Yes, I do. Yeah. I think he's yeah. really smart. I, I love I love Kyrie as a player, but uh, a lot of the stuff that he says in interviews kind of throws me off. That like, tr- that that's the flat weird. Earth stuff, and I, I don't know. He goes into like these deep no, philosophies of life weird. that yeah. kind of don't make sense. He's definitely a no, weirdo. That's very true. He's definitely like a one of those weirdo guys that just says random things. Yeah. If you do this job long enough, you run into people, not just athletes, everyone, and they think they're a lot more intellectual than they are. <laughs> and you're Kyrie's listening to them and you're like, and that's kind of Kyrie. Yo, Max, yeah, I think Ma- so too. Max, Max Kellerman said that about him. He's a, he's a Max guy who Kellerman tries to portray is also him. one of those people though. But he tries to portray Probably. himself who's you're like, smart. And Kyrie, one year at Duke does not make you an astrophysicist. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> so we wanted to, we want to ask you a question about uh the, we have some questions on Instagram that our followers wanted us to ask you. Oh wait, okay. before you ask a question, I have a question cuz I want to sh- shift over from Shaq being the Lakers big man. I want give me your take on Anthony Davis. Like what do you think he is as a player? What do you think he be- can become and where do you think he'll end up at the end of his career? I know why you're saying that. He's saying that because on Twitter today 
people are saying Davis is better than Tim Duncan. No way. No way. That's why I want to no get way. your take on that. He's not better than Tim Garnett. Duncan is one of the most just unique players who's ever played in the NBA. He, um, I mean, he had low post moves that were just preposterous. And, like, he had this fadeaway that was unblockable. And he, his arms are – it sounds dumb, but his arms are so long. And he just – the thing that the only reason Tim Duncan gets overlooked is because he didn't talk trash and he was super quiet mm-hmm. and reserved and he played in San Antonio and kind of just That's true. I mean, Tim Duncan is one of the I hate you know what I hate? <laughs> I hate when people make <laughs> arguments based on players they barely remember. Like mm. Tim Duncan in his prime. Whoever said that did not watch Tim Duncan in his prime. There's no way know. anyone who watched no, Tim Duncan. He told me he did it. Prime. He literally said he did it. Yeah, he's crazy. There's no way. You cannot have watched Tim Duncan in his prime, watch Anthony Davis, and think Anthony Davis is better, going to be better than Tim Duncan. That's, I'm not saying Anthony Davis won't be, but that argument can't be made yet. It is an impossible argument to make. It doesn't make any sense. That's Twitter. That's Twitter. That's Twitter. That's, that's, Gen, Z. Twitter. that's Gen Z for you. That's, that's Twitter for you. That's crazy. It's horrible. What do you think about the Clippers losing to the Nuggets? I give them a little allowance for just the weirdness of the bubble season and like different people reacting in different ways and blah, blah, blah. I mean, they definitely were better than the Nuggets. Like on paper, they're oh, they were better than the Nuggets by far. Mm-hmm. Might be better than the Lakers on paper. You know, on paper, they're great. Yeah, it's a it's a toss up. So, I give them some excuse for the bubble. But I I think they kind of do you, gagged it. Do you think Paul George deserves all the blame for that series? No. no, do you? No, I think Kawhi deserves a lot of blame too. I don't think Kawhi deserves. Like nearly, Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams no. deserve most. I think of the, the last person you have to blame is Kawhi. I think if you watch opinion. the series, Montrez and I, Lou Will were horrible. No, I think if you rewatch the whole series, Paul George was probably the best player on the Clippers. Honest to God, if nah. you rewatch the whole series, I promise you, Kawhi you'll look led at them it. in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals. Yeah, but he did. Oh, he did. He probably did. But if you watch the series, like watch it, Paul George probably their most consistent player. That Easily. series, Don't you yeah, think that series. Doesn't some of this have to fall on Doc Rivers? Like at some point, oh, yeah, yeah I think so. Of course it does. What do you think he gets? Like forty percent. Because the, the most amazing thing about Phil Jackson was his ability to manage egos. Mm. So yeah. I think that's what Doc Rivers was supposed to do in this situation. He was supposed I, um, to manage their egos. So I live out here in Southern California. Like something wasn't right about the Clippers the whole time. Like just something was off about that team. Where it was like they're really talented. They're they were presenting themselves as this really gritty team. Like that was a whole sales pitch out here was basically the Lakers are Hollywood and we're gritty and you'd rather watch gritty. But at the end of the day, the Lakers are grittier than the freaking Clippers. And the other thing is talk about the Lakers. Like here's what I love about the Lakers. At some point in that last series, um, Frank Vogel decided, uh, you know, his big men were not going to play key parts. Like Dwight Howard is barely, it's not going to be a factor. Yeah. No complaints whatsoever. None of those guys complained. They all just freaking rolled with it. And I think really good teams, number one, the coaches adjust to situations well. They don't just go with the same thing over and over. And players are willing to take a bullet. I actually think Dwight Howard – Dwight Howard has become one of my favorite players to watch, to, to observe. Mm-hmm. And he used to be one of my least favorite because I love when guys become veterans and they acknowledge they're not what they were. I'm lucky to be here. I'm going to bust my ass. If I have to be a backup cheering on the bench, I'm completely fine with that. Mm-hmm. My, and Kobe kind of became that at the end to a certain degree. Like Kobe, at the end of, end of his career, was much more mortal than he was when he played with Shaq. Mm-hmm. And he became a guy who was like, I know I'm old. I don't have the explosiveness I, I used to have. I have to adjust. And those guys are much more likable. They become much more likable as you get older. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
So I have these questions right here that our followers wanted to ask you. Why did Malone and Payton, why did those additions not work for the Lakers? Why did they lose that championship? Oh, the Detroit. Against, yeah. against Detroit. Um, well, a bunch of reasons. Uh, it was the weirdest season ever. That's the 3 4 season. Mm-hmm. In that season alone. So the Lakers, they bring in Gary Payton, an old Gary Payton, and a very old Carmelo. He was 40. <laughs> Shaq wants his contract redone. Kobe's about to be a free agent. He's probably going to go to the Clippers. Phil Jackson wants to be brought back, but doesn't know if anyone's going to, if he's going to be brought back. Mm. And Kobe is flying in back and forth from Eagle, Colorado, where he's on trial for raping a woman and might go to jail prison for 40 years. Remember that? That's crazy. So 40 years? all that crap is going on in the same year, right? All of that oh. in the same season. Damn. They get to the finals. Kobe. So Shaq has been the MVP in all three of their championship wins. Uh, the MVP of the finals. Kobe definitely sets a goal of himself to be the MVP. And if you watch that series, yep. this is Kobe. Shoot, 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 nonstop. Shoot, guys open, nope. Shoot, 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 shot, nonstop. Shot them out of that series. But Detroit was great. Um, they have no Hall of Famers on that team, but they were freaking – if you look at the, like the, the Eastern Conference Finals and then the NBA Finals, Detroit was holding teams to 75, 80, 67, 70. Mm-hmm. It was just a great defensive job. And the Lakers were a mess at that point. It was just a total mess. So they weren't they weren't going to win it, no matter who they had. They were not going to win that finals. That was the same team that played the Spurs the next year, right? Detroit, mm. and they lost yeah. in seven. So you talked you yeah, talked about Kobe Great. almost being a Clipper. So tell me a little about that, because that's actually one of the questions here. They wanted to, they asked uh, what teams did Kobe almost get traded to? The Nets. So he wasn't almost traded. What happened is it was the o three o four season, and um, and uh, Kobe's going back and forth in Colorado. Nothing's going well. And um, the I'm trying to think, get the exact uh, reason happened. Basically, he's tired of playing with Shaq. He doesn't want to play with Shaq. <laughs> tired of Shaq. And Shaq is tired of him. And Phil Jackson, I turned my phone off. Sorry. And Phil Jackson is tired. I apologize. And Phil Jackson is tired of coaching Shaq, uh, Kobe because Kobe will not listen anymore. The whole thing is just a mess, a complete right. mess. And um, Kobe is kind of pissed at the Lakers. Multiple reasons. He's little things like Kobe can be really unlikable. He definitely had his moments. Like um, he was flying back and forth from Eagle, Colorado, for the trial that he was on for the girl who wasn't his wife. He had sex with for, and he was in Eagle, Colorado for a surgery he never even told the Lakers he was having. So this whole thing happened because he went to Eagle, Colorado to have surgery on his knee. Went behind the Lakers' backs had sex with a hotel clerk and she accuses him of raping. So all this happens because of him. And he's kind of mad at the Lakers for not like sending their private plane to pick him up, like all kinds of really entitled stuff. That wasn't cool. Um, He can't stand Shaq anymore. He's just done. And he's going about to be a free agent. And he starts really thinking, I think I'm going to go to the Clippers. I'm going to sign with the Clippers at the end of this year. He tells the coach of the Clippers during one game to time out. And he says, get me out of here. To the Clippers oh. coach. You think that was so, more of a reason to just play the Lakers four times a year? Say that again? You think that was more of a reason just to play the Lakers four times well, a year? I think the idea of being in the same building and stabbing the Lakers in the eye mm. every time you beat them yeah. was pretty cool. You know? That's but Kobe the thing. owner of the Lakers, Jerry Buss, it was horrifying. You know, like the idea of Kobe Bryant going, this guy we drafted out of high school, we got out of high school, nurtured, developed, and then you leave in your prime to go playing the same building for the opposite team in the, the crappy franchise in town. That'd be <laughs> so basically what happened is Jerry Buss made a 
he had to make a business decision. He was either keeping Shaq or keeping Kobe. And um, the Lakers had a backup guard named Kareem Rush. And after they lost game five of the Detroit series, um, they're having a little team party. It's the end of the season. Nobody's happy, but they do this thing. They lose their Pistons. They're having a little team function. Kareem Rush is there, and Kobe comes in, and he says to Kareem Rush, he goes, I'm never playing with that motherfucker again. He was talking about Shaq. Then, shortly after that, Jerry Buss, the owner of the Lakers, walks in. Shaq is at the party with his wife. Kobe's at the party. The owner of the Lakers walks right past Shaq and goes up to Kobe and doesn't talk to Shaq at all. And Shaq said to me, I knew it was over at that point. Wow. Damn. Do you think Kobe would have won the championship with the Clippers? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... <laughs> they weren't too bad. I think Lamar Odom was there at that point. No, he was not. Oh, that he was not he was there. Gone. That, that was, was Darius Miles' team, right? Darius Miles, Quinn yeah, Richardson, Darius, yeah, they Elton good, Brand. Man. Elton Brand was pretty good. Yeah, he was good. Chris Kamen was their Chris center. Chris Kamen was okay. Drama. He wasn't bad. Him. Chris Kamen was right. pretty good. Corey yeah. Maggette was he there? What do you want a championship so. with them? It's pop. Your first person has asked me that. I'll give you credit for that. It's. <laughs> It's, it's really hard to say. They didn't have all the pieces they needed, but adding Kobe to that mix, there's certainly a high seed in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the Lakers go, you know? Yeah. Do you think the Lakers would have won another chip if they had traded Kobe instead of Shaq? No. I just think Kobe, uh, Shaq at that point needed a sidekick. Like, he goes to Miami. He has Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. He wins the championship. I think the Lakers with, like, a backcourt of whoever it is, you know, Derek Fisher and ordinary guard and Shaq Shaq at that point by then Shaq was definitely beaten down he was he was still the best center in the NBA but he was manageable Mm -hmm. so no I don't think so I think they made the right decision I mean clearly they made the right decision eventually yeah I mean they had to I mean Kobe was not playing with Shaq anymore Shaq was not playing with Kobe anymore he was done wow so I think we all here we're pretty certain that the Lakers are going to beat the Nuggets whether it's in five or four I'm not sure but I don't think it goes past six I have a question for you. What's your question? Do you think if we take the 1999-2000 Lakers, the team that won the first NBA championship, mm-hmm. now Kobe obviously is dead so that he, can't, he won't be a part of it, but we get all those Lakers. We bring them together right now at ages 50, 52, 54. Get them together. Put them at a basketball court. Could they beat the modern Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it might be a close game. <laughs> But I think R.J. Barrett puts the Knicks over the top. <laughs> and Frank Nilakina's defense gets okay. us to win. <laughs> what is R.J. Barrett going to be? Best case scenario, who's R.J. Barrett become? DeMar you know, DeRozan. That's not a bad comparison. That's a pretty good comparison. I think his, his, floor, oh. his floor is Evan Turner. That's Ooh. his floor. Wow, that's, that's horrible. That's a bad floor. I think, What's the ceiling? DeMar DeRozan? No, I think a little bit better than DeMar. You're ridiculous. I don't know. The thing about RJ. Do you have a CJ McCollum type career? No, he can't. I don't. uh, CJ was always. I mean, like an average in 20 points per game, I think he can. Or maybe like a Rudy Gay type career. That's a that's a ceiling. That's not maybe for RJ Barrett. Horrible for a number three overall pick. You got to think Rudy Gay never amounted to what he should have been. Injuries. Yeah. Um, RJ Barrett is so hard to predict because his game is kind of weird. Like he's not a very fluid player. Not as skilled. Be honest. You can be honest here. I think he's skilled. I just don't think he's smooth. Ah. Not without skill. He's not like without. Yeah, he but has like, it, but it's like limited. The drop off from Zion and Ja to RJ Barrett is substantial. That's crazy. 
Do you think that right. R.J. Barrett was snubbed from the rookie teams? I don't think he's that good. I hate to say it. I just think he's okay. But I don't know. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that stuff as much as I used to. I don't think he's that. He'll be all right. That's your rule. I think at the end of – when we look back 10 years from now at that draft, he'll probably be like the eighth or ninth best player in that draft. He's not going to be – Okay. We're not going to be like, ah, oh, R.J. Barrett. So if you're saying that, that's your rookie. What do you think about uh, Cam Reddish? Oh, I like him. Yeah. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. That's my guy. Yes, he yeah, he me. thought Cam Reddish was going to win rookie of the year. It was a bad take. That happens. That was a bad take. Yeah. Who do you think is going to be the best guy for that draft? Is it going to be Zion? No. I think it's Ja. Ja Morant. Me too. Interesting. I think it depends on the career, though. And if Zion's healthy. If Zion's healthy, he's just hands down the best. If Zion stays in shape. Yeah, obviously. Exactly. He's hands down the best if he stays in shape and he's healthy. Hands yeah. down. The generational talent. So this is a Nets comparison for you. Oh, God. Can R.J. Barrett be better than what Karis LeVert is now? That would be a good floor. Karis LeVert? Yeah. Sure. Yes. He might be able to. I think so, too. It's just so Knicks. Everything about this is so Knicks. You know, we were doing an episode of the podcast because when the Knicks landed the number eighth pick, I I was really sad about it. Because the history of the Knicks' eighth picks in the last 20 years, you don't even need to hear, like, their history overall. You just know it's bad. But the last 20 years, we've drafted Jordan Hill at the eighth pick, Frank Nilakina, and Terrible. Channing Fry. You know what's funny? Channing Fry, in a lot of ways, is like your quintessential Nick, which is to say he actually had a good career, just not with the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. He actually wasn't a bad player in Phoenix. No, he, he, he had a good rookie ball. year, but we traded him after his rookie year. He also, like... 12. Channing Fry, if you look at his career and you think he was the eighth pick overall, he underplayed that pick a little bit. Like, you don't want your – if yeah. you're 15th pick, the 15th pick in the first draft has a Channing Fry career, you're like, oh, that's pretty good. You yeah. know, like, yeah. eighth a little high for that career. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, definitely. He, eighth pick? He was really the eighth pick? Yeah, he Damn. was. I mean, for – honestly, I think in the modern NBA, he might have went a little bit higher. Seven foot can stretch the floor. That he might have went a little bit. Yeah, higher. he probably would have went good for this for this era for this style of play. Yeah. So who, nah, who do you have bad. one in the chip this year? Yeah, I think Lakers. Lakers. Who do you have going in the finals? I think uh, Lakers Heat. Uh, Lakers Heat. I think Lakers so too. Heat? I honestly think that the Butler. Heat they can good. they can give them a run for their money. I like Lakers, the Heat a lot. Right? Yeah. I think they could too. The Heat give Jimmy me Butler man. Jimmy yeah. Butler is my kind of player. I got to say, which is to say, like. He's kind of a badass, you know. He reminds yeah, me of an old school like mm-hmm. attitude. He's that attitude, like that Larry Bird attitude, which is like, I'm not shaking your hand before a game. I'm not like your buddy. Like I'm here to rip your head off. Like you don't get as many guys in the NBA like that. And Jimmy Butler is a freaking. Does he? Does he? Like if you had to give him a, a '90s to early 2000s comparison, who would it be? Wow. Wow. All right. Hold on. Doug Christie. No, I, I can tell you that the perfect team he'd fit on Doug Christie. would be the Knicks. Doug Christie. I was joking. Knicks? Doug Christie was pretty good, though. He wasn't bad. Yeah, but Jimmy Butler is way better. Well, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is, Jimmy he is. No, I was just joking. <laughs> Jimmy Butler would fit on the 90s Knicks. I think he kind of, he kind of, I wouldn't say like he gives me a full Dennis Rodman attitude, but he's kind of a badass in that sense. Obviously, now with the way the NBA is shaped and social media, you kind of have to weigh them down, but he kind of gives me that little disrespectful manner like yo i'm not like if you're on my team you're my team i'm a ride for my team but everybody else i don't like you mm-hmm. i mean chris childs was actually a lot like jimmy butler as far as just he was a badass and he taking shit he was very loyal to his teammates <laughs> but i mean jimmy butler is a far superior player yeah, yeah. Uh, you know 
I was thinking Alan Houston just as far, but Alan Houston was kind of a soft, not soft, but he was a jump shooting outside, blah, blah, blah. But he was a really good player. Think. If you combine Childs' attitude with Alan Houston's skills, maybe you have a Jimmy Butler. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, so what do you think the series goes to between the Heat and the Lakers? <laughs> Man, I like this. It's a six-game series. Yeah, I think the Lakers are the best team in the left are standing. You know, It's funny how much money could you have made if you bet on Nuggets Heat finals. Just like beginning Yo, of the year, you're like, he's going to be the finals. Oh I'll go Nuggets. Yeah, you'd have made so much money. Yeah, I know. So much money. Now, I think the Heat can make it a good series just off the simple fact because I think one-on-one, Bam can not like stop AD, but it's not going to be defender. as bad. Yeah, it's not going to be as bad as what and he's Jimmy doing Butler to them now. Jimmy is actually one of the best one-on-one LeBron defenders. Yeah, they have Jimmy, Crowder, Iggy. So they have guys you could throw yeah. at LeBron. Yeah. And they have shooters, too. So it's going to be interesting. It'll be a good series. But Boston's going to the finals, so I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Would Boston <laughs> Lakers be a good finals, do you think, or not really? Yeah. I yeah. think it might yeah. be better than the Heat because of the scoring from both teams. Mm-hmm. I think Boston will score a lot of points, way more I than the I don't know, though, because who's going to stop AD? Tice? Um, no I don't think he's versatile like Bam. Bam can go out there and guard you. Nah, yeah, he can stop him, but I think the Celtics, they have Tatum, Brown, yeah. Kemba. They can all score. Yeah. So I think it might be more entertaining. Gordon Hayward is back too. It might be more entertaining in that aspect. But the Heat are just playing, I don't know. I feel like they can get. They can really upset the Lakers. And I no. hate to say it because I really want LeBron to win his fourth championship. Since when? I do. Yeah, no, I know why? you do, but you, since when? Wait, how come anyway? Like, me? why does that mean to you? I'm not being critical. I'm just curious. Oh, me? Oh, for me. Why do you want him to win his uh, fourth championship? It's I'm not. Curious. It's not for the Michael Jordan debate, but I think just the storyline. Uh, this season, the storyline will be complete. I mean, obviously, after Kobe's tragic death, LeBron and the Lakers, they go on to oh. win the championship. I think it'd just be the perfect storybook ending and something that people would make a documentary about like 20 years from now yeah. about how it happened. I think there's a good documentary or book to be written about life in the bubble. In this super oh, weird yeah, year, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I've actually talked to friends of mine who are covering the bubble, like NBA writers. I'm like, you should do a book. It's a great book about this season and how weird it is. Wait, writers were recovering from the bubble? There are writers who are in the bubble right now who cover who you know New York Times writers. Oh, okay, yeah. writers, oh I thought you said I thought you said recovering. Like, oh no, no, left. no, covering. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, damn, is it that awful? No, 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 no. I think it's okay. I would watch. I think that. it's a good. I would, watch, I would read too. that book. I would, I would too. Read that book. I would too. So wait, why do you want LeBron to win his fourth? You know, I wanted to win. He's my favorite player. Oh. <laughs> yeah, can I ask you uh, a question? Um, obviously, his career wasn't as long because of the injuries. But if Tracy McGrady had a full-on career, how gr- great of a player do you think he would have been? Do you think we could be calling him a top-10 player of all time? Because I've seen interviews where Kobe Bryant said that he was a 6'10 version of himself. Top 10? Well, it depends oh, on where you have him now. Time. Depends on where you have him right now. Well, no, no. I'm just nah. saying, had he had he sustained that level of play, like his four top years 10 were is amazing. Very hard to be in. Yeah, but I, just asking, like, where? Not even top ten. Where do you think Tracy McGrady would have ranked? He was top fifty, but I think I mean he was great. I mean, if you think about it, he's been around a long time, so top fifty is actually pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a better player than Vince Carter when they were both at their best. Absolutely, and Vince, yes. And Vince Carter is a great player, but he yeah. was a better player than Vince Carter. He did more than Vince Carter. He was bigger than Vince Carter. Blah, 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 blah. I don't think Tracy McGrady was an overwhelmingly great team player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he was a guy who really made teams that much better. Mm-hmm. He was a great talent. Yeah. You know, I, I just, you know, he was. This is a lot of guys who come along in the NBA. And like Carmelo, to me, honestly, is my, is my favorite example of this. You guys won't agree with me. It's totally fine. I don't consider him a Hall of Famer. Oh, Here's wait. Me. No, that's me. 
No, we're oh, here. You agree? Yeah, we're here. I'm here with you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He never makes teams better. He just doesn't make teams better. Never. He never makes teams better. He scores a ton of points. Um, he gets his. Doesn't play down with defense. <laughs> he stopped, plays no defense. The boss <laughs> stops with him. He has never made a team better that he's been on, ever. And I just think I, – I wrote that on Twitter about a few years ago. I was like, Carmelo Anthony does not belong in the NBA. I got destroyed, right? <laughs> I like, I don't care. It's like a guy who hits a ton of home runs and hits 230, and his team's never make the playoffs. And maybe he's 12th all-time in home runs in Major League Baseball, but he's never really done anything else. So why are you a Hall of Famer? Like, it's not – I just don't see it. I really don't see it. I know he was great. I know he's a great scorer. I just Carmelo to me is not in the top two hundred all time NBA players because he didn't make anybody better. Two hundred? Oh, nah, maybe that's that was a that was a little stretch. Flourish, you know, that was, that was <laughs> a stretch. I didn't say that. <laughs> he said top two hundred. All right, fair enough. But he's just a freaking scorer. He's just a scorer, and there I've, there are a lot of guys through the years who have come along like that. I'm sorry. That's literally my argument. You think T-Max better than So this is going to be my last yeah. question to you. Yeah. Because okay. we always debate this. Well, not always, but we debate this quite often. I only who, have 5% of my laptop, so that's good. It's your last question. Who right, but your, I've enjoyed this a lot. This has been great. Yeah, go ahead. Who are your top five shooting guards of all time? <laughs> Just ask him what you, you really want to ask him. And, and I'm hoping that James Harden is on that Just list. Just ask him what you really want to <laughs> ask All right. Him. Who's better, James Harden or Dwayne Wade? Oh. Dwayne Wade. Thank you. <laughs> you don't think Dwayne it's a debate? Wade. I think it's a debate. I just, again, Harden. Can, can you make an argument guy. for Harden? Can you make an argument for Harden? I mean, he hits a lot of big shots, obviously. He does. He's had. Yeah, he does. I just, the thing about Dwayne Wade, like, I just think Dwayne Wade is, he makes teams better. Like, he makes teams better. And he has won multiple championships. And I know he was, whatever, part of the LeBron thing. And so mm-hmm. that. It takes away a little bit, and then he had Shaq. And, but, like, I always thought Dwayne Wade was a great teammate who made players better, and you wanted to play with him. And you weren't – when you played with Dwayne Wade, you weren't standing there watching him dribble the ball all day. You know, and, like, I just think – I'm telling you, system, one of the yeah. things that, that goes overlooked – and this is something I talk, I write about – like, I think about a lot with Kobe. Like, players who dribble the ball and don't pass, who just dribble, 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 dribble. And you guys, if you play, like I played pickup for years, it's the same thing in pickup at the Y or on a court in New York or a court here in California as is in the NBA. Players who dribble, 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 dribble and ignore teammates are cancers to basketball teams. They are, and they make them worse. You can't, you can go far with a guy. James Harden is a great scorer. So you can go far because you outscore other teams often, but you cannot win generally an NBA championship led by a guy like Carmelo, like James Harden, where they're great scorers and they don't pass the ball. I think Carmelo is extremely fair, <laughs> but I think James Harden, he he led the league in assists one year. I think he's the only player ever to average thirty six and seven assists. Like I think he passes the ball, but I think their problem is that he has to carry his teams so much. I, you put him on that Clippers team, exchange him and Kawhi. I think they win the championship. Oh, he's gonna do his dribble, dribble, dribble. I disagree. With that I don't team, think I don't so. think you're winning. Yeah. I don't yeah. think you're winning. I, think, with I think his style of play would change. I think this like year that. will we'll mess him them up. Lou Will on the same court. No, Lou Will's a six man, but you got Paul. Jordan. They eventually all play together though. I think this year what messed them up was Russell Westbrook not being able though. to shoot. I mean, I'm not sure Dan Tony's style. As much as I like him, and I actually wouldn't have gotten rid of him because I think like a lot of times these teams, maybe I'm wrong, but a lot of times these teams they have success, they go far. They're like, this isn't working. We're not winning championships. They scrap it all, and yeah. they're they're the Knicks the next year, you know. And then you're like, you have this thirty year hole like you're in right now. 
So that was just a dig at the Knicks. That was kind of fun. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I just – it's hard to win when your best player is that kind of guy. I know Harden is far superior to Carmelo. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to win with guys like that. It is. All right. Oh, well, man. we appreciate you being on the show. Uh, you guys are fun. This was great, man. Yeah. So your new book comes out, Three Ring Circus. Uh, it comes out tomorrow, actually. So yeah. everybody that's listening, go get that book. And we, we want to thank copy? you again. <laughs> you know how many copies I have in my house? How many? Not kidding. One. <laughs> <laughs> I have one copy of my own book. <laughs> so help a guy out, man. It's a tough world out there. Or take it out from the library or something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me out, guys. Take no care. problem. Too. All right. So that does it for this episode of Pick Aside. This was the interview portion uh, with Jeff Perlman. We're going to do another episode with our original topics, so tune in to that.